It's the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Kyle Krabs here, host of Locked On NFL Scouting. Join Joe Marino and me every day as we provide position-by-position analysis of the upcoming NFL Draft. Check out the Locked On NFL Scouting podcast with the Draft Dudes on YouTube or wherever you listen to your favorite podcasts. What is going on, guys? Welcome back to another edition of the Locked On Panthers podcast. Bill Rossetti of Panthers Wire, Bengals Wire, and Pro Football Network with you guys here to kick off Draft Week. Can you believe we are finally here? I We've been waiting for so long, of course, for this week, and now it is finally here. Just three days away from the start of the 2020 NFL Draft. And I thought it would be interesting, too, along with the uh, finishing up the position previews, uh, to do a, a little bit of a history, you know, maybe look back at some draft picks, you know, kind of playing with the numbers a little bit as well as we uh, finish off this pre-draft process and finally uh, reach the end of the road. We're finally seeing the light at the end of the tunnel. So with three days left, I wanted to take a look at the uh, last three, because I, when I was looking at the, the, the top picks for the Panthers, um, trying to think of something that goes with the number three, at least for today. And the one thing that popped up a little bit was that the Panthers, uh, there were there were back-to-back years, of course, in 2009 and 2010, where the Panthers did not have a first-round pick. But in that time frame since, so starting in 2011 through last year, so not counting this year, but from starting in 2011 through 2019, the Panthers have had three picks in the top 10 uh, over those nine seasons, and of course, all three of which ended up contributing very well to the Carolina Panthers. The first one, of course, came in 2011, and he, of course, was the face of the franchise for nine seasons before uh, being shown his walking papers uh, just a a few short weeks ago. That, of course, was Cam Newton, the quarterback out of Auburn, selected with the number one overall pick in the 2011 NFL Draft. And Cam, of course, still remains the only player that the Carolina Panthers have ever selected number one overall. Because, interestingly enough, when they were the expansion team in 1995, they did not hold the number one overall pick. That year was actually, uh, they selected at number five because the Panthers, of course, traded out of the number one pick. So the Panthers were originally going to have the number one pick in the 1995 draft after having the second pick in the expansion draft since they were coming into the league with the Jaguars. So they had the first pick, but they, of course, traded it to the Cincinnati Bengals. Uh, but they were also stripped of their two later supplemental picks, 61 and 191, for improperly recruiting Steelers defensive coordinator Dom Capers as their head coach. So that's kind of that history. They, of course, took Kerry Collins fifth overall as their very first draft pick but um this the three that we're talking about here so cam newton 2011 of course um played nine seasons or essentially nine seasons of course only played two games last season 
But uh, nine seasons, 125 games, won 65 of them, lost, uh, or won 68 of them, excuse me, lost 55 games, and then, of course, had one tie in 2014. Finishes his Panthers career with 29,041 career passing yards, which, of course, is all-time franchise leader. 182 passing touchdowns. His career high was 35 in his MVP season of 2015. 108 career interceptions. He actually had double digits in double-digit interceptions in every season except last season because, of course, it's uh, very difficult, even for a guy like James Winston, to uh, to throw 10 interceptions in two games. He, of course, only threw the one interception. But 29,041 passing yards, 182 touchdowns, 108 interceptions, and then, of course, um, also did pretty well rushing the ball as well. He ran... 934 times in his career for 4,806 total rushing yards, 58 touchdowns, including a career-high 14 back in his rookie season, and uh, even ended up with one catch in his career in his rookie season for uh, for 27, 27 yards. But Cam Newton, listen, we touched on him before. Um, one of the faces of the Carolina Panthers franchise as a history. You know, he's going to be up there with the likes of Steve Smith and uh, Jake DeLome and Jordan Gross and those guys. And, of course, it would not be surprising at some point to see the Carolina Panthers retire the number one for uh, him being a great asset as the number one overall pick when he came to the Panthers. But uh, Cam Newton, 2011, top 10 pick, number one overall. Then, of course, the following year, with uh, 2012, they held the ninth overall pick. And this is the player that I think also worked out pretty well for the Carolina Panthers. That was Luke Keekley, the linebacker out of Boston College, who, of course, just retired this offseason. He retires after playing in 118 games in eight seasons for the Panthers, of course, started all 118 that he took part in. Obviously, concussions were a major factor in uh, the games that he missed. But in those 118 games, he t- wound up with 1,092 total tackles. And as we've touched on before, that was the most by any player uh, in that time frame. Uh, also came down with 18 interceptions, which was the most of the 2010s by a linebacker. And that, of course, is uh, th- those are the biggest reasons why Luke Keekley ended up on the all-decade team for the 2010s. And uh, very well-deserving. He had three seasons, you know, his first three seasons of the league, he recorded at least... 150 tackles. In fact, he only had two seasons out of his eight that he had less than 125 seasons. So he was uh, everything the Panthers could have asked for and more out of the ninth overall pick. And then the last time they had a top 10 pick was 2009 or 2017, where they took, of course, the player that they have just 
extended for four more seasons, that being Christian McCaffrey coming off his third season in the NFL and, of course, the 1,000-1,000 season. Finished with 1,387 rushing yards, 15 rushing touchdowns, and, of course, 1,005 receiving yards on 116 catches and four touchdowns. He's had back-to-back seasons of 1,000 yards rushing and back-to-back seasons of at least 100 catches, and he does not have a season with fewer than 80 receptions and less than 650 yards. So it's no doubt he was certainly, at least in the Panthers' eyes, deserving of that big extension. So the last three times the Panthers have had a top 10 pick, he's worked out pretty well. So history uh, should be pretty good. Uh, Not just recent memory, but um, entire history, really, that the Panthers have had a top 10 pick because there there were four other players that the Panthers have selected with a top 10 pick. As we mentioned before, Kerry Collins was the very first player that the Carolina Panthers ever drafted in the draft. Now, keep in mind, of course, they had the expansion draft before the actual draft, but the very first draft pick that the Panthers had was Kerry Collins, and he played a little more than four seasons for the Panthers, 45 games. He went 22-20 and 20 in those games. He threw four. 8,306 yards as a Panther through 47 touchdowns, but 54 interceptions. So uh, through more interceptions than he did touchdowns. But overall in his career, of course, he played a total of uh, 5, 10, 14, 16, 18 seasons in the NFL. Uh, or rather 16 years. There were a couple times that he split. But uh, from 1995 to 2011, so 17 seasons between six teams. I uh, spent five years with the Giants, five with the Titans, four with the Panthers, or almost four, because again, he was traded uh, midseason or moved midseason from the Panthers to the Saints in 1998, where that was actually the only season he spent with the Saints, those seven games, and then spent two years with the Raiders and one, finishing his career in 2011 with the Indianapolis Colts. He finished his career with a record of 81-99, and threw for 40,922 yards in his career, 208 touchdowns, and 196 interceptions. He actually had two seasons of at least 20 interceptions, one of which came with the Panthers in 1997. Um, but overall, not terrible with the Panthers. Um, you know, Again, he did have a record of 20 and 22 uh, but he did start with a winning record he was seven and six as a rookie in 95 and then went nine and three in the 12 games that he started in 1996 but then six and seven in 13 games in 97 and then lost his first four games in 98 and that of course was the end of his time in Carolina before being shipped to New Orleans so Kerry Collins was pretty decent. Obviously, the second year, the Panthers made it to the uh, NFC Championship game. So there at least was that. So uh, pretty decent hits, I'd say. You know, obviously not a a bullseye, but, you know, kind of hit the target, I'd say, uh, with Kerry Collins there. 1996, eighth overall pick. They selected Michigan running back Tim 
Bianca Butuka, who spent six years with the Carolina Panthers, played in 50 games with 35 starts, rushed for 2,530 yards and 14 touchdowns in his career, actually never had more than uh, his career high was only 718 rushing yards. In fact, he never played. He never had a season where he played all 16 games in his career. The most he played was 12 in 2000 when he rushed for 627 yards that year and just two touchdowns. Uh, but what a, was a pretty decent receiver or receiving running back. When remember the late 90s, early 2000s, you're not seeing the running backs catch the football like you are in today's NFL. So that 2000 season where he caught 34 passes and had 58 targets, that was a lot for a running back back in that day. And he ended up with 341 yards and two touchdowns in those 12 games. But in total, 2,530 rushing yards, 14 touchdowns, and then also 77 catches, 789 yards, and three touchdowns. So, again, a decent hit, but, you know, probably not exactly what you're looking for, even back then, uh, for somebody who was who was drafted in the uh, in the top 10. Then the last, then as we go through the uh, top 10 picks, I would say the uh, other two guys that we haven't touched on were also very good players in their own right. One, or the, the one of course was eighth overall pick Jordan Gross in 2003 out of Utah. And Gross of course became one of the key figures, one of the stalwarts on that Carolina Panthers offensive line for 10 years. He came into the league in 2003, and he was one of the Ironmen for the Panthers up until 2013. And only three seasons from 03 to 13, only three seasons did Jordan Gross not play 16 games, and two of those, he still ended up playing 15 games. Uh, the most games he missed in the season was 2009, when he missed seven games. So he played 167 games total uh, between, you know, he started at right tackle, uh, bounced around a little bit, but eventually became the key cog, uh, just held down that left tackle for many years for the Panthers. And it's why he's going into the, uh, why he's a member of the Panthers ring of honor. And then the last top 10 pick that the Panthers have had, uh, at least that we haven't talked about, was arguably one of the greatest that the Panthers have selected. And that, of course, was Julius Peppers out of North Carolina with the second overall pick in 2002. Julius Peppers, of course, uh, we just talked about him not too long ago as also being a member of the All-Decades team in or for the 2010s. Um, even the 2000s, as again, Julius Peppers was one of just five people that was named to both the 2000s and the 2010s All-Decades team. He, of course, played 10 seasons for the Panthers, uh, first from 2002 through 2009, and then again in 2017 and 2018. In those 10 seasons with the Panthers, he played in 266 games, registered... 719 tackles, 
11 interceptions, and of course his biggest stat, his biggest claim to fame is uh, 97, or excuse me, he pl- I'm looking at his career, I'm, I'm sorry, he played in 154 games for the Panthers, recorded 441 total tackles, and 6 interceptions as a Panther, and registered 97 sacks, which was which is still the most in Panthers history. His career is 266 games, 719 tackles, 11 interceptions, and then his big claim to fame, of course, is 159 and a half career sacks, which still ranks fourth all time in NFL history. And it's why we said in a couple of years, it should be about 2023. Uh, we should be seeing because I would, I would like to think, I, I would, I would hope the Hall is is uh, smart enough to make him a first ballot Hall of Famer. So I would hope that in 2023 or 24, whatever the first year he's eligible that we will see Julius Peppers have his bust presented in Canton, Ohio. So, for the most part, history has been pretty kind for when the Carolina Panthers have held a top 10 selection. Now, again, will the Panthers have a top 10 selection this year? That remains to be seen because, of course, we've been talking a lot about the possibility that the Panthers trade down and you know trade out of the top 10 get themselves some draft some extra draft picks so we'll see we'll see what the panthers do and actually this is kind of a nice segue into uh the position we're going to talk about today on the our little previews because it's a position of course uh specifically the tackles but the defensive line as a group is a, a position, of course, we've been touching on quite a bit for the Panthers as a possibility if they stay at number seven. So let's start touching, not and not just at number seven, but of course, uh, maybe in the second round if they pass on it. But obviously the two guys we've been talking a lot about for the last few weeks have been Derek Brown and Javon Kinlaw. So ironically, of course, another Auburn player and a number, another SEC player, but Derek Brown and Javon Kinlaw, obviously we've been touching on them for quite some time. Whether they take one of them at number seven, whether they trade back and trade one of them, these have been two of the two of the options that we've really started to zero in on uh, as the as the possible pick at number seven. And again, with a guy like Kinlaw, I think they could still trade back. And get him, you know, if they trade with, say, Tampa Bay at 14, or Denver at 15, or how about even Dallas at 17, New England at 23. There's a lot of options that, uh, well, maybe Kinlaw might not make it to 23, but uh, Dallas at 17 um, is is still possible if they, if they trade back that far. Now, if they do trade back even further, or decide to pass on... Defensive tackle altogether at number seven. Now we're starting to look at some of these other names uh, in round two. You're talking about guys like uh, Justin Matabike out of Texas A&M. Uh, 6'3", 3'04", real nice defensive lineman there. You know, maybe not as uh, maybe not as athletic as the top guys, but I think still a, a very solid option if he gets to you at 38. Or you could be looking at uh, TCU's Ross Blacklock, 6'4", 305, 
really, really competitive guy, a lot of power. You know, he has had some uh, injury. He does have a little bit of an injury history. He has he had that Achilles injury in 2018, but other than that, very, very dominant player. Uh, he was the defensive freshman of the year uh, in the Big 12 in 2017. So a lot of power to Blacklock, so he could be a possibility if he's still there uh, in round two. Uh, Neville Gallimore is a guy we've talked about a bit as well out of Oklahoma, about 6'2", 304. Uh, Seemingly another in the pipeline of uh, up-and-coming Canadian players. You know, you've been seeing those quite often lately. Uh, These Canadian players that come to college and then work their way into the NFL. Uh, Neville Gallimore is another solid player that I that I like and can uh, I think can get the job done if you uh, if you want to pass on D tackle. Uh, really really like his game. Really liked how he was. Uh, r- really liked what I saw at the Senior Bowl as well too. In fact, I had a couple people. You know, Matt Hennessy was one that told me when I asked them who's the best D lineman you faced at the Senior Bowl. And they told me Neville Gallimore. So there's a lot of respect for uh, for the Sooner defensive tackle. So those are the three guys you're probably looking at. Um, you know, maybe Marlon Davidson, a guy that you can kind of move around a little bit. Uh, 6'3", 297. You know, you can play him inside, play him a bit outside. Uh, I thought he showed a lot of flash at the Senior Bowl as well. I thought he showed pretty good rush ability uh, before an injury occurred that had to take him out. Uh, Raquan Davis and Devon Hamilton are two other guys that you could be looking at as well, and then you got guys that you know could be available uh, later in the uh, in the later rounds. Lakai Fotu, uh, six five, uh, you know, a beast of a player, six five three thirty seven, out of Utah. Uh, you've got Rashard Lawrence, six two three zero eight, out of LSU. Laurel Murchison, if you stick with the the Carol, kind of the Carolina theme. You know, obviously not as big as some of these other guys, about 6'2", 294, but I thought he had a pretty good week at the Senior Bowl. Jordan Elliott's the intriguing guy out of Missouri, 6'4", 315. Uh, there seems to be a lot of range as far as, uh, or a lot of opinions I could say about, I should say about um, what his range could be in the draft where people think he might end up going. So Elliott's going to be an intriguing guy. Uh, maybe the Panthers go after him in the third round if they don't take D-tackle in the first two rounds. I think Elliott can be an intriguing option there. Uh, James Lynch. James Lynch, of course, has that Baylor, uh, the Baylor uh, pedigree. So he has the Matt Rule connection. Again, not as big as some of these other guys. You know, only about 285. But he's a guy that uh, can give you some value on the edge. You know, give you some pass rush ability, which is certainly something else the Panthers can use. And, um, you know... Matt Rule is probably going to be considering him a little bit, so it'll be intriguing if they go after him. Uh, McTelvin Ajum, a bit of a sleeper guy, 6'3", 307, out of Arkansas. Another guy I'm pretty intrigued with. And then Jason uh, Jason Strobridge. This is David Harrison of the Locked On Commanders podcast, and this episode is brought to you by Discover. Looking for an assist with your credit card but can't get a hold of anyone? Luckily, with 24-7 U.S.-based live customer service from Discover, everyone has the option to talk to a real person anytime, day or night. Yep, you heard that right. You can talk to a real human in customer service anytime. Sounds like a real game changer if you ask us. Make the right call 
and get the service you deserve with Discover. Limitations apply. See terms at discover.com slash credit card. Talk to him a little bit at the Senior Bowl. Um, he's a guy that you can run at the three, run at the five. He's been mixing it up quite a bit between his time at UNC, and I think they did that with him as well at the Senior Bowl. So you can kind of move him around a little bit. You know, um, Strobridge probably more of an edge guy, though, you know, because he's only listed at about 265, 270, somewhere around there. So maybe not as big for uh, the interior guys, but... Again, I think he's somebody that could still provide you uh, some pretty good, uh, pretty good rush play outside, and maybe play him at the three tech a little bit. You know, kind of similar to uh, kind of similar to Aaron Donald in the sense that he's just going to be uh, on the smaller side of the three techs. You know, again, obviously he's not as big as Aaron Donald, but you can still kind of play that as as a, a bit of a factor. And then uh, a couple sleepers that people have been looking at: Bravey and Roy. Out of Baylor, uh, Roy's another guy that I've seen talked about as uh, one of the better players that did not get an invite to the Senior Bowl. And again, it's that Baylor connection, so you never know. Matt Rule could push hard for him. And then uh, Benito Jones of Ole Miss, another guy uh, with some good size, 6'1", 321. So those are kind of the interior guys. And then we'll get to the edge guys. Obviously, we can rule Chase Young out because he's not going to make it to the Panthers. The top edge that the Panthers might consider is probably going to be Clavon Chasen of LSU. Really like his upside, but probably going to end up passing on him. You're probably going to see him more like in the maybe 12 to 16 range. Uh, then you got guys like AJ Epinesa of Iowa, who people have been worrying about a bit after his testing. And that's why he's possibly going to slip out of the first round. Yitor Grossmatos out of Penn State. Zach Bond out of Wisconsin. Uh, then you get into guys like Julian Aquara of Notre Dame. Curtis Weaver of Boise State. Jonathan Greener to Florida. Josh Uche. I, I like Josh Uche. You know, he uh, really opened some eyes at the Senior Bowl, especially at the, at the game. So Uche is going to be an intriguing guy where he lands uh, Terrell Lewis out of Alabama. And then I think one of the guys to definitely keep an eye on is Alex Highsmith out of Charlotte. Uh, Big-time sleeper, 6'4", 242. Uh, real good motor. Just seems like a, a high-class kid. So I, he's he seems like a guy that's really easy to root for. And, again, there's, you know, the North Carolina connection, obviously, because he went to Charlotte. So you, you never know. Highsmith could be a potential option there. Uh, you've got Bradley and A of Utah, uh, another intriguing guy, Jabari Zuniga. A guy that I've started to pull for just because of, you know, the way he presented himself at the at the scouting combine and the, the media interviews. And then you, you go back and watch his filming and just watch his motor and, um, just how much effort he always seems to give, and that's Kenny Willickus out of Michigan State. I think he's going to be a real nice edge for someone in the in the middle round. So I'm really really interested where he goes. Uh, Alton Robinson, another those those guys that kind of made made a name for themselves at the Senior Bowl out of Syracuse. Anthony Jennings is intriguing to watch. Nick Cole out of or Nick Coe out of Auburn. Kendall Coleman out of Syracuse. Carter Coughlin, another guy that uh, tried to generate some buzz for himself 
at the Senior Bowl game, so we'll see how much that affects him. So, I mean, there's there's a lot of intriguing guys uh, to watch here, I think, at both the D-tackle and the edge position. And, you know, certainly some guys that should be of interest to the Panthers up and down the board here. And again, I think it all, you know, it certainly depends on what they do with that first pick. But um, there's some guys that I think you can grab in the the middle to late rounds that, you know, you develop them a little bit and, and coach them up. And I think you're going to get some pretty good value out of them if uh, if they're able to play their cards right. So defensive line, obviously, going to be one of the biggest positions that I think the Panthers have to address because they pretty much have to replace everybody from last season. Really, the only the only guys that they don't really need to replace are K1 Short and Brian Burns. But uh, you, you certainly need running mates next to K1 Short, and you need running mates next to Brian Burns. So it's going to be really intriguing to see how the Panthers attack this position uh, on Thursday, Friday, and Saturday. If you're looking for the most comprehensive NFL draft coverage this offseason, look no further than the Locked On NFL Scouting Podcast. Join the draft dudes, Kyle Krabs and Joe Marino, as they go position by position through the NFL free agent class and into the star-studded crop of college stars who will be selected in the 2024 NFL Draft. If you want to know who your favorite NFL team should be adding to its roster, you need to check out Locked On NFL Scouting. Available on YouTube and wherever you get your podcasts. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network. Your team every day. So that's that's just kind of my quick run through of the defensive line group in the draft. Tomorrow we'll look at uh, linebackers. And then of course wrap it up on Wednesday with defensive backs. And then Thursday, like I said, we'll uh, we'll try to do one final preview of the draft, one final prediction, uh, maybe either a seven-round mock or just a, a f- full 32-team one-round mock to kind of give an idea what direction I think the Panthers are going to go in. And you know, hopefully I go two in a row uh, with that because last year I was fortunate enough that I did a full first-round mock and I did correctly pick Brian Burns at 16 to the Panthers. So who knows, you know, and... Should be a little easier, but, I mean, you would think at number seven, but, of course, with so many options in play, you just never know. Um, at that point, it just felt like uh, the value was just so good that Burns fell to the Panthers at 16. So, um, a lot to get to this week, and really excited to finally get draft week going, and I hope you guys are excited as well. So with that, I'm going to get out of here, and I appreciate you guys tuning in. As always, remember to follow the podcast uh, on Apple, Google, Spotify, Stitcher, wherever you listen to your podcast, we're most likely there. Uh, and, of course, you can follow me on Twitter at Bill underscore Setti, R-I-C-C-E-T-T-E. And I'm going to get out of here, like I said. Hope you guys have a good rest of your Monday. We will see you tomorrow to talk about linebackers and get closer and closer to the start of the draft. So take care of yourselves and each other. We'll see you next time right here on LOP. Until then, take care, my friends. If you're looking for the most comprehensive NFL draft coverage this offseason, look no further than the Locked On NFL Scouting Podcast. 
Join the draft dudes, Kyle Krabs and Joe Marino, as they go position by position through the NFL free agent class and into the star-studded crop of college stars who will be selected in the 2024 NFL Draft. If you want to know who your favorite NFL team should be adding to its roster, you need to check out Locked On NFL Scouting. Available on YouTube and wherever you get your podcasts. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network. Your team every day. Is your team eliminated from the playoffs and in need of reinforcements? Maybe it's time for a rebuild, or maybe they're just a player or two away from taking home the Lombardi Trophy. Either way, join Keith Sanchez and Damian Parson for Mock Draft Monday on the Locked On NFL Draft Podcast. They'll tell you which college football stars your team will be taking in the 2024 NFL Draft. Check out Mock Draft Monday on the Locked On NFL Draft Podcast. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day.